This is a podcast from Rover. Welcome into Rex Royal Exchange right across the country on Today FM. Thank you for joining us, of course, on the podcast as well. Listen to the uh, download the Rover app, or you can listen on any purveyor of fine podcasts. Hamish McKay and Rebecca Greaves, your team here, and uh, great to have your company. Bex, how's uh, your week been? Sort of into what week three of uh, dealing with everything over there? Yeah, it's been nearly three weeks since uh, Gabrielle <laughs> made herself. At yeah. home uh, on the east coast, um, yeah, just just still busy um, getting lambs off deep, trying to sort of get down to winter numbers. Had another lot go on Wednesday. It must yep. have been. I think there was another seven hundred. So uh, that kind of completes that phase of it, and then mm. now it's starting to started to fix some boundary fences and things. Um, Realise that all the stock that are out the back have actually need to come in for a yep. dip because a bit, there's a bit of fly, perfect right. conditions. Yeah. So mustering out there is really challenging at the moment. Ooh. So I think we're going to try and get a few mates to come in and it'll probably be an all-day affair because it'll be mostly on foot. Yeah. Just the access is, is too difficult. So, yep. yeah, we need to get them in and get them treated. But otherwise, uh, feeling feeling a lot more positive than we were, I think. Yeah. No, well, that's that's good to hear. Look, on a on a on a positive note, you and I are going to have uh, a, a bit of a um, well. We're going to last night, and a lot of this is going to come into the show over the course uh, of the morning. But we've been golden shearing it, so looking forward to that. And one thing I do want to mention here is to anybody who is listening and wants to check out the golden shears. Now, for $5, $5 less than a cost of a, you know, a, a, a nice hotly brewed double shot flat white in St. Helier's, you can watch the Golden Shears live. So you just five bucks and it's an incredible sight. Every event, every, you know, if you know somebody or want to watch a particular event, it is so easy. So Golden Shears live, that's all you need to type in, pay your five bucks, make the, it's a donation. Come on, you're not, you're paying for quality entertainment. So that is uh, worth uh, checking out there, Golden Shears Live. And more on the Golden Shears on the co- over the course of the show here on the Saturday edition of Rex. Right, farmers are being encouraged to get inv- involved with the National Open Farm Day, which is uh, next Sunday, 12th of March, third year now. Open Farms is designed to provide a platform for farmers to connect with urban Kiwis. Open Farms founder Daniel Ebb joins us now. Morning, Daniel. How are you? Yeah, good team, good team. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you back with us. So uh, just tell us about Open Farm Day. What's involved? Well, you hit it on the head. Uh, It's a National Open Farm Day. Um, Farmers right across the country are opening up the gates uh, on Sunday, and we're looking to get several thousand urban Kiwis, about a fifth of whom have never set foot on a farm before, um, back behind the gates and experiencing a, a day in the life of a farmer, asking questions about life on the land, asking questions about their food, seeing how their food gets grown. You know, it's the connection stuff that we need, and that's what we're doing uh, next Sunday. So more than 7,000 people have visited 80 farms in the last couple of years. People obviously love it. Uh, interested? What sort of numbers are you expecting, and how many farms involved this time around? Uh, so we're looking at about 25 farms this year. It's not going to be our best year. Um, you know, uh, connection's great and a lot of farmers want to get involved, but when you've got you know, uh, serious issues on the farm, yep. uh, just like Rebecca's talking about, this this goes down the priority list, so that's absolutely fair yes. enough. 
So we're looking at 25 farms this year, which I think is considering the situation is still pretty good. Yeah. Um, the thing we have been able to do is work with a couple of those farmers, some of whom are doing this for the third time now, uh, and really scale up their events. So we've cut our budget a little bit, and we've funding some operations costs of them. So we're actually looking to get some 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 pretty good visitor numbers. So fewer farms for bigger events this year. Yeah. So bigger events, can you tell us a bit more about what people can expect when they come onto these farms? Are they putting on demonstrations or is it just literally a farm tour? What what are people going to get? Sure. So a smaller, a smaller event is probably more like a farm tour. It's going to be um, intimate, relatively personal. We're probably thinking, you know, 50 people walk through the yards, that kind of thing, um, some sort of basic activity set up for kids. Um, that's often how a lot of farms and farmers sort of enter the program, is this, this low-key, um, easily easy and accessible event. These bigger events are really cool. Um, they might include like a self-guided walk, so um, you know a few little signposts around the farm, so um, a, a bunch of people can arrive and then individually walk around a little bit of a track and see things. Um, it takes a little bit more time, but um, we've got a, a couple of farmers are running some really cool activities, like um, creating one of them's creating a um, sort of a quiz to go and help uh, particularly kids identify what native trees they've planted. So it'll be sort of a find the manuka, you know, find the cabbage tree kind of thing. So it takes a little bit of creativity and you've got to print things out and that kind of thing. But for an urban kid who is, you know, um, who, who we want to get involved in, in sort of this uh, native regeneration um, piece of the farming story, that's gold. Um, but yeah, a larger event includes a whole bunch of stuff. Um, uh, stockyard demonstrations, uh, we've got a horticulture operation that's doing some seedling planting and some on-site harvesting, uh, feeding calves, that kind of thing. Need a couple more volunteers, but um, they make for great days. Mm. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. Hey, you know, I was just thinking about those those that think, you know, that wool gets cut off sheep and they bleed and things like that are nice, but, you know, be good, be great to see a... Uh, a wool shed in operation um, that might put a few myths to bed. Some of these uh, terrible sort of analogies that one or two have got in their head these days for a variety of reasons. But uh, look, all all heading in a great direction, and understand why you know there's perhaps not as many farms this year. It's a a bit of a different year in many respects for everybody. Um, look, um, what do you reckon is the greatest takeout if, if a young person is going, or, or a family or something, might be an adult who hasn't spent much time on a farm? What do you reckon is some of the best takeouts that people have from these open farms? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, interestingly, the, the best takeouts on the farmer side, and this is something I didn't really expect when yep. we first started the program, um, the biggest thing is the morale boost. Like, I get it, you know, having to organise a day, even though we cut, sort of shortcut a lot of the planning and take on all the administration and that kind of stuff. It's still it's still a lot of work for a farmer to do. I'm not going to shy around that. But the the response from farmers has been incredible. Like they come out the back of that day feeling energized and buzzed and proud and like, you know, yes, we've had a lot of, you know, like a couple of really tough years out here on the land, but the vast majority of people love what we do. Yeah. And like I'm a I'm a I'm a pillar of society through the work that I do on my land every day. And that reminder, I think, at this time is so important. So that, to me, was the biggest takeout. I didn't, I didn't appreciate how powerful that response would be. Mm. Um, on the visitor side, um, 
It, it varies because you have some people coming onto farms who are like, wow, I'm really interested in this you know, um, native tree planting you're doing or for some of our region farms, they're really interested in region and they finally get to be able to see what it looks like in practice instead of sort of reading it uh, you know, in a newspaper or something like that. But then there's also a, a visitor group who are the one in five who've never set foot on a farm before. Who you know, have, you know, have never touched an animal, uh, you know, have never never got close up to livestock before, and understood, like you say, that when you share a sheep, it's you know not the end of the world. It's a, it's a process that they become accustomed to, and it's you know at the end of the day, it's, it's a sustainable fiber and all that kind of stuff. So the basics of farming are really really powerful and impactful for that person who you know for the one in five of our visitors who have never stepped foot on a farm. One in five, and, and it's really interesting. I was thinking about this, Daniel. I see farm. I, tr- I, I, I think that my twenty-three-year-old daughter has hardly ever really stepped foot on a farm. She has, but I think that she sees farming through my eyes. And I'm going, "You're a nutter, Hamish. Your your daughter has no idea. And why should you expect her to not be influenced by some of this negative stuff? Or, you know, but 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 you kind of you know when you're so used to a farm, you say, "Well, they, they would see shearing like that. They would see me, you know, um, drenching a, a cow or whatever, you know, doing whatever." But no, they've never seen it. They have no. So. Um, Awesome opportunity to get on farm. I mean, so t- how can people find out more? So it's all on the website, uh, www.openfarms.co.nz, or just Google Open Farms. Yep. Uh, we are still taking visitor registrations. We're definitely taking visitor registrations right up until the day. Um, and as of this weekend, this is the last chance to jump in as a host. We can still yep. get it done, but um, yeah, as, at the end of this radio interview, jump online and register. Yep. So, yeah, if, if people listen to this and they think, actually, I would like to host that, they can still yep. do that. Yep, yep, we'll make it work. Make it work. And as you said, Daniel, really cool cool point there that you might raised about how farmers uh, are, are benefiting themselves so much from this. Shoulders go back a bit, realise, you know, and I think that's a – you get beaten up, you know, so much over time, eventually you sort of become self-perpetuating. So it is good, to an opportunity like that, to, to really sort of strut your stuff and show, show what a great part of our country farming is. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and yeah, you know, there's media and there's social media, but then there's real people. Yeah. And real people are way more impactful and, uh, and, 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 and get right to the heart of things much more than a, a social media post can. So that's where you should be putting your time on the ground, shaking hands, looking into people's eyes. There we go. That is Open Farms founder Daniel Ebb there. Next uh, Sunday, the 12th of March, still not too late for a farmer. If you think that you'd like to host on your farm, it can be arranged. So just Google Open Farms for people that want to go along and register as visitors. And if you think that you might be able to uh, have people on the farm next week, well, get in touch with uh, Daniel as well there. This is Rex, the Saturday edition. Coming up on this episode, we'll uh, we'll check out a bit of the action down there in the gold and shears in Marston from the big Friday night. We find out whether we can look to New Zealand rural history to better understand the current problems uh, besetting the, the entire East Coast. And this week's View from the Top Paddock features the chair of the Meat Industry Association and Apiculture NZ, Nathan Guy, as well. Don't forget the uh, Rover app, wherever you are, we are. You can download that and uh, listen back uh, anytime or any purveyor of fine podcasts will have us as well. We've got uh, a week of it coming up, Bex. Um, we'll be catching up there 
catching up with Dom George. I assume this week on the week of it, didn't we? Hmm. Last yes. week we were Mr. Conrad Wookshaw, who mm-hmm. joined us. Made an appearance, yeah. Our, our good friend, G- general manager of uh, Rural for Property Brokers, bumped into him at uh, Auckland Airport on my way down to Palmy, where, where I am today, the Palmerston North Studio. The uh, you know so always always good to catch up with Conrad as he's uh, making his way around the country out and about out and about how things are and everywhere else in in the countryside yeah no he's a very good man for that uh, keeping in touch we're gonna I'm just still blown away I just can't stop thinking about Daniel Ebb saying that some children have never touched an animal before yeah I know and I yeah yeah like um I used to you know if I I tell you what. I'm not sure if you've been exposed to my pet calf story. Yes, Hamish. You, you have. You've oh. made the pet. You, oh, yeah, the pet oh, just when I thought I was going to get it in again. The like old pet three calf. Times. Maisie. What, three Maisie times? You've only been here seven months. I know. This is the third time. Oh, God. Okay, so I won't go there. Hamish I won an award with Maisie because he kept a diary about Maisie. I kept Maisie. a diary. Uh, and, you know, and all, all the all the dairy farming, calf raising people. And I, there I was, the sheep and beef boy with a... With a, a bobby calf called Maisie, won, won the big title. Wasn't the finest specimen. Wasn't the finest specimen. Didn't really come to me immediately in calling. Didn't lead the best. Certainly wasn't the best type. But hey, it was all about uh, everything was judged out of 10. She was quite solid. And then I got a 10 out of 10 for the diary. Moving right along, Dom George, who I'm sure was like a, a real little sort of... Um, you know, I can't, you can't say... I was going to say girly swat. You can't say that now, no. Because that was sort of... Yeah, that might be seen as offensive, but it just means somebody. Think, I don't think Dom would care. No, it's just yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not going to take me to HR, is he, over that? Um, but I think he would have been quite, you know, quite the teachers. You know, would have. Uh, I'm not going to say it. We were talking about pet day. Join the dots. Right next up, Dom George, and a week of it here on Rex.